0: This is Naja Hall with I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall podcast available on every single one of your favorite streaming platforms. Now today, if you are listening to the sound of my voice, guess what? This is yet another one of those extra special audio video versions of the podcast. So if you go to my YouTube, my website, Facebook, Instagram, wherever, I want you to go and watch this particular episode. All right? Okay, okay. So we're here. Today's guest is Judge Vonda Bailey. Now, Judge Vonda is a Texas native. And a lot of you might, if you don't recognize her name, if you're watching this or the moment you hear the sound of her voice, you're going to be like, oh my God, I've heard that lady somewhere. So I'm scrolling through TikTok one day, guys. And I see this particular judge, this authority figure, straight up roasting Roasting, sizzling, rotisserieing—is if that's even a word—rotisserieing people yeah. in her courtroom. Now you all know, know that everything I do as a coach, as a life coach, as an expert, is surrounded in family and justice for families. And I've had my own personal dealings with family court. And those of you that are fans of the show, you have too. And so it was like. I wanted to just go and sit in her courtroom and just serve her muffins all day. The the things that I saw that she was doing by way of justice in family court, number 1 is unheard of. It was fair, it was right. It was controversial, but isn't everything? Isn't the, like you think about it. When people are coming to family court, you're talking about their children, their money issues that hit them where it hurts most. And all of us have seen people do and say some very vile things to air quote, win in family court. And, of course, that comes at the expense of the children. So, Judge Vonda, as a matter of fact, I'm going to hush. Check out this clip right here
1: of Judge Vonda doing her thing. You submitted on his behalf, he makes about $104,000. That sounds about right. It sounds about right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a nice this ring child. you have on. Oh, thank you. Is that new? He hm. just bought that? Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Interesting, okay. Anything, do you all have any kids or anything? Yes, we have two kids together. Two kids, okay. He cheated on me with her. Excuse me? I was saying he cheated on me with her. Are you her. mad? Are you I, little mad or big mad? I think I'm big mad. Oh, okay. You know, well, you, I, like, you know yeah. what, you're gonna have to get over it because this is not a therapy court, okay? Right, okay. You're gonna have to get over it. mm mm-hmm. and, and I don't need you taunting her, okay? okay. That's taunting not cute. <laughs> Ma'am, all this attitude you know, you guys really need to try to be friends and get along. Well, you don't necessarily have to be friends. You should try to get along, considering that this is your child with her husband, and that is your stepchild. I guess so. You mm. guess. No, that's what it is. So you two need to start trying to get along, and you need to get over yourself and stop being so mad. Okay. Okay.
0: now that's an intro for you right all right so i'm gonna tell you a lot about judge vonda right after this intro i know i'm crazy with Najah hall i know i'm crazy i know i'm crazy i know i'm crazy Okay, everybody. So Judge Vonda is a native of Dallas, Texas, where she is the managing partner of the law office of Vonda Bailey, PLLC. She provides legal assistance in family law, which includes child support, child custody, divorce and adoption who all the things that we talk about today y'all we're about to get into it miss bailey is a proud graduate of david w carter high school class of 2003 after high school she received both her bachelor's and master's from the university of texas at arlington she realized her passion for advocating for others so she pursued law and graduated in 2014 from the thurgood marshall school of law in houston texas judge vonda has so many accolades but over the course of of this podcast we'll get to talk about them. and of course if you want to know more in detail about judge vonda then visit vonda bailey for judge.com judge vonda hey girl hey hi <laughs> how was that for introduction i hope that i made you proud a little bit
1: you did you did it was great
0: okay judge vonda i have so many questions for you so i'm not even gonna sugarcoat it first okay. and foremost these youtube videos this tiktok this instagram Now, is this a show? Are these real people? What's the backstory behind these viral videos that we're seeing you in?
1: Okay, So it is a recreation reenactment, if you may, of things that I've seen in family court with some of my cases. As well as some that I watched that I didn't necessarily agree with the outcomes, so the ones that you see that are the most controversial, those are the ones that I didn't necessarily agree with the judge. And people were messaging me and they were like, man, I have all these questions about child support. And I said, I cannot answer all of these questions one by one. So how can I figure out a way to help everybody on a massive scale? So I was watching couples court one Saturday morning and I was like, what is this? I said, wait a minute. Yeah, divorce court, couples court, paternity court. Why isn't anybody talking about child support? That's exactly what I'm going to do. And that gave rise to support court with Judge Vonda B.
0: (laughs) Judge Vonda. So some of the cases, um, they evoke human empathy because a lot of people that watch them, they've either, like you said, they've been in these situations and they've been on the wrong side of justice, meaning something completely unfair happened to them. Mm-hmm. or they've been people that have been uh, touched and affected and offended by something you said because it hit kind of close to home and you know they say if you can't say amen say ouch yes. what type of comments are you seeing from people are you saying yes I agree with you or are they saying you know what Judge Vonda Von, you don't know what you're talking about
1: Most part, people are like this was fair I you know I like this outcome you if know kids videos, with loony, the ones that kids I didn't driving necessarily agree with when they is your happen? partner failing miserably and, and setting in setting boundaries? Well, VIP Stepmoms is exactly where you need to be.
0: We're an like, exclusive private community right, just for stepmoms and we'd love for you to join our law tribe. Law Each month, our members enjoy it, private right. conversations, now, podcasts, the average person expert talking workshops, about emotions, a subscription to Stepmom
1: Magazine, not, but and monthly to the law, live Zoom meetings. meetings. If you're ready to so join a, a bunch diverse of community that is committed like, to making fair, sure you live your best life, I like judge visit VIP like Stepmom today. We'll save a seat for you. VIP Stepmoms, that's you and me. Those are the ones that are big mad. They mad. Yeah, they they are big mad, especially the one um, video that went viral from Worldstar. You know, I mean, I got hate mail from that one. What
0: did the hate mail say, Judge
1: Vonda? <laughs> I mean, one guy, he sent me a long paragraph pretty much telling me I am a coon and I work for the white man. I support white supremacy. Um, they hope that my family and I have a bad day every day. <laughs> Um, I mean, it was terrible. And then another one said I needed to be shot. <laughs> um, I mean, that was pretty bad. You know and then, I the mean, thing, they did really violent. <laughs> I've
0: probably watched a hundred of your videos. I'm a super fan at this point. And I've seen you. you give the hand of the law heavily to not only white folk, black folk, Latino, our Asian brethren and sisters. Like, you don't really hold back. You can call me the
1: can woman because anybody can get it. That's <laughs> how I look at it.
0: <laughs> so why family law? Why, why did you become so passionate about this sector of
1: law? Well, as you stated with the personal experience you had in family court, I too had a similar experience and it happened while I was a probation officer. Actually, people started calling me after I graduated law school, and I was like, I'm not interested in family law, but it found me, and so when I started practicing, I was like, you know what, I relate more to people in this area of law than I think I do, and so it was a, a sigh of relief when people would come in my office, and you know, they're high strung, they're up here, and they're like, you don't understand what I'm going through, and I'm like, um, look up my name, you can find my child support situation, and they're like, oh my God, you went through this? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm a human. It happens. So that was real refreshing for me to see, you know what, you do have a lot more empathy and compassion for this particular area than you have in any other area. And honestly, quite frankly, to be able to be an efficient family law attorney, in my opinion, again, you have to have compassion for people. You have to
0: what makes an efficient versus an inefficient because we get so many people writing into this particular podcast saying oh my lawyer doesn't care about me they just want more retainer they want more money what makes i want you to speak to the people that are desperately looking for representation how do you know when you found the one
1: well It's actually a loaded question, but there are a couple of things. There, there are actually a couple of things you look for. For me, I'm a real person. I'm very transparent. So what I explain to people is this, if you can reach and touch the person that you're trying to hire. And you can see the type of person that they are on social media and everything like that. They're not trying to be hidden because lawyers do a great job of trying to hide themselves to be this mystique, you know, and not let people get too close to them. But for me, if you're that type of person that needs that one on one interaction. I say the best thing to look at is the person's social media pages because that tells you a lot about them. If they're a family-oriented, if they're a family law attorney, they should have pictures and things on their page that resemble family orientation. It shouldn't just be them. That's something I think that's extremely important that people take for granted. Um, After, you know, you're, of course, word of mouth, you're going to hear okay, hire this person, hire this person, ask questions. Why do I need to hire this person? You know, you know, my situation, I told it to you, what would make me relate to this person the best? And then after you're able, after you're able to get that information, then you look at what the attorney charges. Quite frankly, I'm, I'm going to be honest. If an attorney charges very little in family court, you may want to run the other way. Because these type of situations are not cookie cutter by no means. Not every case is the same. It cannot be approached the same. Therefore, someone who's charging very little money, you have to ask yourself what am I not getting by getting this little bit of, you know, amount that they're charging me for my case. And then after you get in the office with the attorney, ask questions just like you're interviewing us to see if you want to retain us for your case, we're also interviewing you as a client to see can this relationship work. And if the rapport is there, the connection is there, you feel like, you know, this is somebody who I believe is going to fight on my behalf, then you hire that attorney. But if you get any type of red flags, I don't care what it is, flutters in your stomach, that's like, you know what, this is probably the bad idea, the not the best idea, Nine times out of 10, you're probably right. Because I hear people say that all the time. I felt something when I was in that office. I went with it anyway. And now I'm $10,000 out of pocket. And no results. So what do I do? Terrible results. Yes, right. yes. So those are just little things that people will look for.
0: Follow your gut, follow your intuition. I like that she said that. So you mentioned your own particular situation and it was available. So that means I can ask you about it. What was your own situation that made you say, all right, something's got to give I got to be an active part of the change here
1: you know it's interesting years ago prior to having children I didn't necessarily believe in child support and not that I didn't know the law or anything like that I just was like you know I don't think I would ever do that you know because I if I have a child I can raise my child on my own that was always my mentality well after having my son I said Although I can financially take care of him, I have a very strong support system. Why should I have to be tasked with doing it on my own? So my son's father, he pretty much did not want to be active in his life. And he didn't want to pay child support. He just wanted me to let him loose altogether. It took me a year to finally say, you know what? No, this is not right. You know, you're out here. He was in a relationship taking care of other people's kids. So I was like, it's only right that you take care of the one, the only one (laughs) at the time, you know, that was biologically yours. So that's how I ended up in my own child support situation. And that's, that's been 12 years. My son just turned 12 on Monday.
0: And I think I've seen a photo of him on one of your pages. I'm pretty sure I have. Yes. So then how did the relationship pan out? Because I know when you take somebody to court, it's almost like a declaration of war. That means we ain't mediating anymore. I can't just call you up and we negotiate on the phone. This means your people need to talk to my people and we're going to let a stranger decide on the fate of our child's uh, financial, emotional, physical future. So then how did it pan out for you and your family?
1: Honestly, it's not something that I wanted because I really wanted to work with him because once the state get involved they're talk. going to go based off whatever your income is and i wasn't even looking for anything close to what he was making i was like hey you can pay 25 dollars today 30 dollars the next week i didn't care you were but to-, to
0: work with this person and say listen i just want you to uh, the relationship is done whatever i just want you to understand Did your son eat today what type of shirt did he wear did, does he have clothes but that wasn't happening
1: this thing was happening. He wasn't coming around. He didn't want to do anything pretty much. He just wanted to go on about his business. And I, I it didn't really cause a war. He didn't fight me. We li- He literally signed off on the first document and was done with it. And the next time I heard from him, which was years later, that was because the attorney general, he owed back child support. And so they reached out to him to get that money from his, I believe his retirement or it's 401 one of those they reached out to get it from him and I was in law school at the time Mm -hmm. so and and then I mean still to this day our relationship is pretty much non-existent like from the day that I found out I was pregnant okay everything changed For me and him he we dated on and off for six years this was his first child i wouldn't have had any idea that he would not have been a great dad but he bamboozled me
0: (laughs) he bamboozled you and the minimum that he could do is just provide for this seed that is out here with his blood that
1: was the minimum and my son anybody that knows me and know my my son he is a great kid He's, like I say, he's 12, very smart, very intelligent, very compassionate. He's a very, he's in touch with his emotions. Like he emails me on a daily basis just to say, hey, mom, I hope you're having a great day. You know, he's great kid. So for someone not to want to be a part of his life, his dad, that's unfortunate, but my husband is an amazing dad so His he didn't really miss out on anything
0: been a great step dad he's been a great father figure a great father yes so how can you speak to the mothers out there that are experiencing something similar when they're feeling my child might be suffering emotionally because this rejection from a complete stranger because let's face it if you abandon your kids since they've been small you are a stranger to them but a child <laughs> i feel like a child's soul they know and if we don't do the work, then our child can feel that, um, that they're not getting acknowledged. And they feel rejection from a peer stranger. So how do you, what are you supposed to do just to help your baby to still be, to feel whole? Does your partner share kids with a loony? Are your stepkids driving you up a wall? Is your partner failing miserably at setting boundaries? Well, VIP Stepmom is where you need to be we're an exclusive private community just for stepmoms and we'd love for you to join our tribe each month our members enjoy private conversations podcasts expert workshops a subscription to step mom magazine and monthly live zoom meetings if you're ready to join a diverse community that is committed to making sure you live your best life visit vip stepmom today we'll save a seat for you v-i-v-i-v-i-p stepmoms that's you and me
1: Well, the one thing I would say not to do first is to feel like you have to overcompensate by buying and doing to make them feel like they're missing out on something. It's not necessary. The one thing I will say that I did with my son, I just loved him. I just loved on him like I normally would. Um, When he, if, you know, at times every now and then he had asked a question about his dad. I never said anything bad about his dad, never bashed the other parent. You know, the way I look at it is this, your child is made up of two DNA makeups. That's yours and that's the other parent's. So if you disparage the other parent, you're disparaging part of your child. Part of their self-identity revolves around who you are. So the other person, you're disparaging them, whether they know them or not you're actually beating up on your child's self identity. So you never want to do that. You know, my response was always, you know, that's something you have to ask your dad, son. You know, that's something you have to ask your dad. And he would be adamant, like, why? Why doesn't he come get me? Why doesn't he call me? Why doesn't he do these things? And again, I would always tell him, you know, son, that's something you're going to have to ask your dad, you know, one day. The time will come where you'll be able to have that conversation with him like you're having with me. But unfortunately, I cannot answer those questions. Just know that I'm here. I support you. Whatever you need, talk to me because you will see little things in a child's behavior when their parent is their other parent is absent my son when his dad did try to come in and he did like the popcorn thing I saw a change in my son's behavior in school you know it was like he couldn't even explain it he was just frustrated you know because he couldn't wrap his mind around why you're here today and not here tomorrow
0: So then what do you do with the popcorn thing? Because I see some parents say, I'm just going to let them come when they can. And then other parents are like, no, you need to protect your child from their other parents. So what's your perspective on that?
1: My perspective is is this. Always have a conversation with the other parent. Don't make it an ultimatum. And I think that's where a lot of women, we go wrong. You know, don't say, you can't come over here if, right? Because at that point, you're alienating them from the child. is much productive and effective if you go to that parent and say, hey, look, I don't like you coming in and out of his or her life. I would like for you to be consistent. If consistency is something you cannot give the child, then you need to reevaluate what it is that you really want to do in terms of this relationship you want to build with the child. When you approach it like that, you're actually saying the same thing. You're essentially still waving your finger like, no, you can't pop in and pop out. But you're putting the ball back in their court to think about it, to say, you know what? I am doing that, And they'll come to their own conclusion whether or not they want to stay away or whether or not they're going to improve their behavior. It happens all the time. I mean, you do have those outliers, right? That don't care either way. And they're going to either keep doing it or they're going to stay away. But for the vast majority, when you approach them like that, the response is different. I think that's where a lot of us women go wrong, the way we approach, especially Black men. Um, and, and that's another thing with those comments. A lot There are a lot of Black men out here who really don't like their mothers. And that, that's the, you know, that's their first love. And, and it is evident because when it comes to dealing with other Black women, Like, how if you look at my comments, they're extremely disrespectful. So it's like, this man doesn't know me from a can of paint. Why is he so upset with me? And then I think about it
0: mother, from his grandmother, from his auntie, from that first little black girl that was on the playground. He's projecting that and he doesn't even recognize that.
1: Exactly. And because we as women, and I mean, we as black women, we are tasked. And even though we want to, act like that's not our our business and not our job but it is we we are tasked with trying to understand that because i feel like if you understand that from a psychological standpoint with some of these men you will recognize that you can't talk to them like this because if you talk to them like this you're putting them back into that particular childhood of growing up that they are trying to put to the furthest part of their mind You're not going to get a positive response out of them like this. It's always going to be open ended. Who, what, when, where, why, how, explain, describe.
0: So basically, don't be emasculating. Um, Treat them as if they're human. And I don't like tone policing, but be very mindful of your tone, as you said. And um, make requests, not demands.
1: Very, oh, you nailed it perfectly.
0: Just do those things when you're talking. See, t- basically treat them like an adult, even though you might not have any respect for them whatsoever as a parent. Right. Or even as a man, you still got to talk to them like they're a grown-up if you want to elicit a certain response. And like you right. said, some of them, Judge B- Vonda, it doesn't matter how you speak to them. <laughs> some of them aren't going to do right if you give them a million bucks. Not going to happen.
1: They're just going to be forever stuck in yeah. their feelings. And you know, I, I, a lot of my clients are men and I tell them all the time, Facebook and social media is not the place to air out the, the mother of your child. It's not, you go to court for that. <laughs> That's not the place. You, nobody, people will entertain it, but guess what? At the end of the day, they can't do anything about it, but talk about you.
0: That's all they're going to do. <laughs> Did you see so-and-so's posts? That's all they gonna do. <laughs> so then what advice do you have for fathers or mothers? People that are, you, you mentioned the word alienation and I want to go into that a little bit because alienation is very real even the most covert to just straight up obvious alienation what it is horrible the parents who feel as if their child is completely gone that means they they don't have the money to pay for an attorney that's first they may not understand their rights a lot of men i see are convinced judge the courts aren't in my favor the courts are in the mother's favor what do you say to this man to kind of this this parent i'm sorry to kind of light a fire under their butts so that they can not exercise their rights as a parent and 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 have a relationship with their child
1: just tell them bluntly you need to get your shit together (laughs) i mean quite frankly you you do because at the end of the day what people fail to realize the longer you sit back and allow alienation to occur the more you're in agreement with it every day. And you can say all day long, I don't agree with it, judge. I don't agree with it. The first thing the judge is going to say, well, what have you done to show this person that you are not okay with them not allowing you to exercise your visitation with your children? And this goes for, I see this happen very, very frequently with men. They'll sit back and they'll send a text message They'll get discouraged because for the most part, men are not confrontational like women are. So they'll sit back and like, I don't want to fight with her. Well, the longer you don't fight with her, the more she thinks it's okay. And the more you're telling the judge that you agree with it. So then when you do end up in court and you go before this judge, it's been a year, let's say six months to a year since you've seen your child. And you're like, I want custody or I want to have visitation. And the judge is like, well, no. We're not going to start there. We need some reunification to occur because like, it's been it's six months fault. to a year.
0: But this parent's probably like, it's not my fault. I don't, why should That's I it. have to reunify and go through this whole process when it's the other parent's fault? And you're saying the judge on paper, this complete stranger, they don't really care about you or your child. They're doing their jobs. Just from, from a paperwork perspective, like, okay, it's been a year. I don't, what have you done?
1: Yeah. And quite frankly, it is your fault. If you, I'm not saying that alienation is the parent's fault, right? You can't stop somebody from trying to alienate, you know, like you said, covertly, overtly. you can't stop that. What you can do is show that you don't approve of it by fighting them and taking them to court. Even if you cannot hire an attorney, speak to an attorney and ask them, what are the things I need to do in order to make them be held responsible for violating my rights? The lawyer will walk you through what it is you need to do. You know, I do it all the time. Make sure that you send a text. First of all, make sure you're in compliance with the order. Make sure you're going to the place where you're supposed to be.
0: Even because I hear a lot of people say the order is stupid. Well, even if you don't like the order. Even if you don't
1: like it, you got to follow it. Because in order to enforce an order is not enough to show that this person is violating it you have to show that you're in compliance so wherever it says meet you have to be there at that time send a text message take a picture whatever you have to do go in the store to show uh if it's a gas station buy a gatorade or something to show the timestamp that you were there when you were supposed to be there call the police get a police report show it so it shows date time location and take them to court you don't need an attorney to do those things. Mm. I mean, it's easier if you have an attorney to argue it for you in court, but to get to court, you don't need an attorney for that. Those are things that are within your control that you can do. The problem is, is that a lot of parents don't want to do all that because they feel like I shouldn't have to do all that. No, you shouldn't. But the reality of it is you do.
0: (laughs) I shouldn't have to go on a diet to uh, lose these 20 pounds I gained of a quarantine. But guess what? Listen, I do I just finished working out this
1: morning. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So then what let's let's talk about cases and then some of the experience that you've seen uh behind the bench and as a litigator. Can you think back to any of those heart wrenching cases where you knew that a miscarriage of justice has happened? Is there something that sticks out in your mind? Uh one particular family, one particular case that's just like That one was a horrible situation.
1: Yeah, this one case I had, um, I represented the mother on it. Well, let me back up. Before she came to me, she was representing herself. Okay. She was served. And that's why on support court, I always tell people, you know, those educational segments, when you're served for court, make sure you show up because the show will go on. Literally, the court can move forward with it. So she didn't show up for court. She comes and hires me after the fact, and she's like, I need to undo this order. Well, I'm confused because it was an enforcement order. So an enforcement literally just holds someone in contempt for not following the order as it's written, right? Well, this particular judge took that and flipped custody in the same order. So when she didn't show up for court on an enforcement to be held in contempt, she actually lost custody of her child too. Excuse me. So I'm confused because I'm like, you cannot do that. There is case law in Texas. And I mean, not even in just in Texas, in Dallas, because that's where it took place. That says you absolutely cannot make changes to an underlying order by way of a motion for contempt, essentially.
0: But this judge did that. And so she did it.
1: I brought it out to her attention twice. She did not care. Even okay. with the case law saying you absolutely can't do it. And I mean, she actually told me, I mean, I see the case law, yeah, but I mean I, I can't change the order at this point. Yeah, you, Judge, you yes, you can. Because an
0: order, you sign off on it. So that means you need to get some white out and special. Your...
1: Let's back up. That means you should have read it before you put your signature on me. So that that particular case rubbed me the wrong way for two reasons. Not only did the judge not read it, the attorney presented it to her. He knew it was wrong because we know we cannot do that. But you do have attorneys that are grimy like that. And you have judges that will allow certain attorneys to get away with stuff like that. The type of person I am, when I go before the court with one of my cases, even if something is not necessarily beneficial to my client. I have a duty to be honest yeah. i have a duty to show candor to the court first so i'm not going to present something to a judge that i know is improper because then my license is on the line yeah
0: yeah so
1: that that one case so that, was that one, one, one really oh it was a second one this one really was put yeah. at my heartstrings by
0: the way, let me ask some questions about this first one because so so you're saying she was only there to respond to a contempt order Somebody filed a contempt charge, contempt charge against her. She was responding to that. Um, and I'm assuming the contempt was probably uh, a claim that the child was being kept away, correct? Something like right. that. Okay. And so when she responded to that,
1: did she- but She didn't show up. She didn't show up.
0: Oh, she didn't- She got
1: defaulted.
0: Oh, so default judgment uh, turned the child over. So that means the other parent called her and was like, hey, I have custody now. I'm coming to pick my kid up. How does that go?
1: pretty much he did but the issue is it's not that she got a default because the judge could have entered a default and just held her in contempt the judge was wrong for holding her in contempt and making part of her contempt losing custody you can't do that well, that's
0: a punishment then
1: <laughs> exactly and, and and it was an improper punishment so
0: i'm like so did she end up getting the child back did he go to another court <gasps>
1: Child still is with dad to this day, and it was unfortunate because I told her in order to do anything, she had to file an, an appeal with the appellate court. Well, of course, appeals are very expensive, and she had to. It took her time to come up with it. How
0: much is an appeal? Like you have to pay for the lawyer, or have to pay for the paperwork to get filed. Yeah.
1: You have to pay for the attorney to do the pay to do the paperwork it's very tedious so with appellate briefs they're very specific They you have to be a certain font size it has to be written in a certain font you have to have a table of contents it has to be justified it is very very tedious to do so they normally start my appeals start around fifteen thousand dollars very expensive <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay so
1: look gissy listen y'all don't want to go to a
0: pay- appellate court
1: get it right the first time and that's the thing and and not all the time does the judge get it right the first time what happened with my client she it took her like six months or so to raise the money to pay for the brief so by the time we got into appellate court they said she led too much time lapse
0: so if it takes you a year because everybody doesn't just have fifteen thousand dollars laying around in their mattress so if it takes a parent a year and a half two years just to come up with that extra money because you got to think about how much americans even i know we have a lot of international listeners i don't know how much your country per capita is but here they say the average american doesn't even have a thousand dollars in their savings account sure so this person had to somehow come up with that money and then it's too late your child until they're old enough to choose stays there Correct. what's the age that children get to choose in texas
1: 12 and and let me clarify something because people misinterpret that Uh-oh. so many times when they come in my office yeah. a child does not get to choose who they want to live with and then they go live with their parent it's two-prong they have to meet the statutory age requirement which is 12 12 years old, that essentially means the court must listen to what that child has to say. That's if that child has something to say at 12, you got to listen to them. And they must find that it's in their best interest. So if a 12-year-old is just mad because daddy, she, he or she lives with daddy, daddy yeah. make a cleaner room, do all these you that know, chores, so and mama over here, oh, I'm going to buy you a cell phone, I'm going to do all this, and the child say, I want to go live with my mama that well would- if the judge doesn't hear any reason to flip custody from dad that child is not leaving to go live with mom that child's gonna stay with daddy but
0: <laughs> so we're talking cases of endangerment or a case where an extremely articulate 12 year old can explain why they do want to start having a life experience with their other parent. And-
1: right so like some of the cases that i have it's you know a child is flunking in school with that other parent a child is getting into criminal things over here. I'm crazy with not at um, um, Running away from home, platforms, fighting all the time Tuesdays, at school, fighting share, siblings in the hall, CPS being called because, because of so you know sexual abuse all allegations or physical abuse allegations. No, I'm crazy. You know those are the things that the court look at the age plus the best interest and determine you know if something needs to change.
0: Okay, okay, but other than that, it's going to be a tough. and by the way you are 12 year old 12 is um for the state of texas i'm not and i know it differs throughout different Mm -hmm. states in the in the country and throughout the world so then how does your family feel about the show i always love to ask guests like what do your loved ones because now i know for a fact judge vonda you probably are out at brunch and people are like wait a minute i recognize you from instagram or tiktok or youtube
1: yeah how does your
0: family react to this especially your son what does he have to say
1: My son, he thinks it's, you know, he's so nonchalant. So he's like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, he's just so nonchalant. My dad and my husband are actually a couple of the bailiffs you've seen in the show. (laughs) Some of the, yeah, the earlier shows, that bailiff is my dad. Some of the more recent shows, that bailiff is my husband.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: So they they think it's cool. You know, my little sister, we went to... um, Brunch one day, and my phone was just blowing up. I mean, like notifications were coming crazy, and I was just on the phone, like, and then she took my phone, turned it off, and put it in her purse. She said, You need to be present.
0: And this is the sister that just graduated with her master's, right? This is that sister, Yes, yes. I saw that on your Instagram. You all got to go follow Judge Vonda. She shares like amazing, amazing stuff. So then, Judge Ship, let's talk about Judge Ship and the future and the trajectory of your career where's judge Vonda going to be in five years that's such a that's such a played out question but i just want to know what
1: and i I think it's very relevant i'm currently running for family court judge right now in dallas um my the primary election is in march of next year march of 2022 so i'm currently in campaign mode running for um family court judge and that is in the very near future because that bench would take place in January of 2023. Okay. So, so that's you- that's one direction. And then, of course, you it's know, a- support court with Judge be get picked up. It'll go there.
0: Okay, so how do we donate to the campaign? Because I want everybody to stop right now. I don't care if you're on the treadmill. If you're on the interstate, I need you to pull over. Pull over. She's about to tell us all how to donate. Let me get my Android. Cause y'all mess with me about having an Android. How can we donate to your campaign?
1: Well, we want today to see- is actually I have what's called a seven days of donations. Okay, so you can pick which day you want to donate. But today is two dollar Thursday, and you can twenty
0: two dollar Thursday.
1: Okay, well let's we can do twenty two dollar Thursday too. That this? works. What's, huh? what's huh? That? Okay, sounds good. Um, My Cash App is the money symbol VOTE VONDA. VOTE. PayPal Mm -hmm. is the at symbol VONDA B for judge.
0: Okay.
1: VOOMO is the at symbol VOTE and the hyphen VONDA. Okay. And if anybody wanted to send a check or anything like that, you can also do it by mail to my po box it is 475 east f as in frank m as in mary 1382 box 604 cedar hill texas 75106 boom and i'm going to list
0: for those of you that couldn't get all of that i'm going to list it here um, it'll be on all, all the pages. It'll be probably popped up right on this video. Let's vote for her. You all let's just and I had to just pause because you all know how I know I'm crazy with Nigel Hall community comes out to support and clearly if you have seen this woman's videos and if you've been listening to the sound of her voice, you can see that she stands on the side of right the right thing for the family and we all know that so many people in positions of power, those of us that have felt have been on the wrong side of the family court system. Um, We're talking to somebody and we're seeing somebody that's becoming a change agent. And y'all always talk about, we all talk about how we need more people like us in positions of power. And by like us, I mean people that are on the right side of the family. People that actually care about the law and know the law. So right. now we have somebody that we can actually push and support getting into office. So let's do that. That was not my reason for asking her on this podcast, but we just had to take a moment, um, to be able to support her. So please, please, please. All of the links to support are below. Let's get our support in there. All right, Judge Vonda. I just had to do that real quick. You know, I just, thank you. Yes. So then fi- you're going to be judge ship. Let's just say five years from now, judge ship TV show. Would you do a TV show? Would you do like a network joint or are you enjoying streaming?
1: Do it, you know, um, I've actually gotten phone calls about you know network shows and everything like that. Um, that's one of those things that doesn't really happen overnight. If you know anything about entertainment law, it, it could be years, yeah. you know, just getting the fine tooth comb with the contracts and everything like that. So You know, it still can happen within the five years. I'm just excited, you know, either way to have the option. And that's what I try to encourage people to do. Even my son, you know, I tell him all the time, wanting to be a um, YouTuber or something like that, that's cool. But I want you to create something that the world needs. And the world needed support court because people needed to know if I don't have the money to hire an attorney and I need to go in support court, I need to at least be prepared on what is going to be expected of me. What are some of the possible outcomes? And I think people needed to see that.
0: That's absolutely wonderful. Well, Judge Vonda, I know I, I told you I was going to only hold you not for too long because I know you got some litigation and some judging and some clients. Are you still taking clients right now? Are you open for business if people want to come in and find you?
1: Yeah, I'm open for business. I do cap my caseload, though. I I used to when I first started out. Used to, you know, I wanted to take a bunch of clients. But the longer I've worked in the profession, I've been an attorney seven years now. You just are not that efficient with all of those cases, so I'm capped. I only take about eight cases, no more than ten at a time.
0: That's see, and she cares about her clients because she really could be stacking and taking all the coins but she's like you know what i can do both you can do both you are a busy woman running for judgeship producing your tv show parenting wifing being a phenomenal human being thank you so much for taking this moment out to talk to us can you tell everybody where to find you
1: on instagram um my business page is actual business slash personal personal page is at no drama underscore vonda that that's my you know slogan no more drama with vonda (laughs) and then you can also follow the vote vonda page for judges vote with the underscore vonda and support court underscore judge vonda B as well i'm on facebook and you know the same names pretty much on tiktok judge Bundabee, be sharing, vonda bee uh, bailey for 2022 if, if, if you google uh google
0: her. it'll come up this is a situation where she's like she's like girl do you really want all these links or you just want to google me she you this is a person that you can truly and she is being as humble as she possibly can when she says is google me you can Google her. All right, everybody. This has been such an amazing, this has been another episode of I Know I'm Crazy with Najah Hall. We will see you Tuesday after next. As you know, we do episodes, new episodes every other Tuesday, I Know I'm Crazy with Najah Hall on your favorite streaming platforms. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I am i crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. Oh, oh.